0: CineBuds is supported by Associated Bank. CineBuds, CineBuds, two buddies, CineBuds, two buddies, buddies. talking about cinema. Hey, hello, 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 Oh, we're singing yeah. because we are talking about concert films today. Uh, I'm Justin Barney. I work at 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Christopher Pollard at Milwaukee Film. Together we're CineBuds and today we are talking about concert films. At the front, up top, we should define what we're talking about We are talking about concert films, a show about one concert Not music documentaries (laughs) No,
1: that would be wrong
0: That would be wrong (laughs) That laugh makes me sound like you're going to undermine this idea at some point (laughs) How dare you?
1: I play by the rules
0: But that is an important distinction. We want to maybe we should do an episode about music documentaries at some point, but this is concert documentaries, specifically one show. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to do this show because there is a Thanksgiving Day tradition of watching or listening to The Last Waltz.
1: The band has been together 16 years.
0: So the last waltz is the final show from the band, the band. They were Bob Dylan's backup band and also a band in their own right. You know the hits: "Upon Cripple Creek," "The Weight," "Ophelia," and they they performed the last concert at the Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco on Thanksgiving Day. Which is why I think that it has become the tradition. And it's also like a three-hour concert documentary. And they it's not just the band, but they have like, they invited all their friends. So there's uh, Bob Dylan sings a song. Joni Mitchell sings a couple songs. Neil Young is there. The Staple Singers. Van Morrison. Dr. John. Muddy Waters. It's this like big celebration. It's a fun thing to watch on Thanksgiving Day because it's like three hours long. You just have it in the background as you're doing stuff and i really love that it has become this like
1: thanksgiving tradition directed by my friend marty i believe
0: oh yeah directed by martin scorsese which is incredible have you seen it
1: i have not seen it it's a blind spot for me you should
0: watch it and i i i kind of like i really love that it's that it's this like thanksgiving tradition uh which is like a fascination for me and i and i'm i'm going to play it on the radio on uh, on thanksgiving
1: Oh, that's a Uh, good idea.
0: Right? Um, And it's, it's, it's really, it's like because it is, there's like so many things that work with it. One, like Martin Scorsese directing, he just like has cameras on stage. He does a great job of editing. But there also is something that you can't fake with this last show where there's a feeling in the air that is captured in the documentary. There is this feeling that this thing is really special they have like all the guests with like Joni Mitchell and Emmylou Harris and like Ringo Starr comes out and that is like it really feels like this kind of festival or concert or homage is like this really kind of special happening in one film and it really does make it special
1: that sounds great I think it's great to have some sort of Like everyone watches certain movies or whatever, but or watches sports. But having music involved in your Thanksgiving tradition is a great idea.
0: Yes. I I remember my friend telling me, he's like, you know, every year my dad throws on the last waltz. And when I was a kid, I was like, Dad, this concert again, it's like three hours long. It's just like playing in the background. And now he's like, he just had a kid and he was like, and now, you know, we're watching it on Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. When we get into the rest of the show, I had a similar experience with one of my picks. So we'll get into it. Yeah.
0: Okay. After the break, uh, Christopher is going to tell us about some concert films that he loves. I'm going to give a couple more to Stick around. Support for CineBuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC.
1: Like listening to Milwaukee produced podcasts? Then check out Radio Milwaukee's innovation podcast, Diverse Disruptors, hosted by me, Tariq Moody. We talk with entrepreneurs from across the country that are innovating for a more inclusive world. Listen at RadioMilwaukee.org slash disruptors. Diverse Disruptors is presented by University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Northwestern Mutual, and United Ways Techquity.
0: Okay, and we're back! We are! It's like an encore at a show. Oh, I see what you did. <laughs> Except this part is longer. I actually went to, one time I saw, do you know Gogo Bordello? Yes. Um, I went to a Gogo Bordello show, and... The encore was longer than the actual show. What? (laughs) It was, like, I think now, you know, in my 30s, (laughs) that would annoy me and be, like, the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But uh, I was, like, in high school, and it was the coolest thing that's ever happened in the history
1: of music. I like the idea that they came out, did two songs, they're like, all right, good night. And then everyone's like, No. (laughs) I think you need to do more. But it was,
0: it was like a forty-five minute set, and then the encore was like, you know, an hour.
1: That's crazy. That's really fun. It was. That's yeah. Funny. It was awesome.
0: So uh, we're talking about concert films, and uh, I do. I am anxious to hear what you have picked for your con- you, know, you know special concert films.
1: When we talked about doing this at first, I was like, oh yeah, easy, because I had one in particular that I was like. <laughs> so excited about and then when i was starting to think of others i was like oh boy
0: <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> do, oh, just do, no one <laughs> i know i mean i know of others and i've seen some you know of the what's the rolling stone one at Altamont? um
0: oh yeah uh one. also directed by martin scorsese yeah and
1: i am blanking on it for some reason but that one's phenomenal i mean that's you captured something like historic and terrible in many aspects um but uh yeah there's some really cool stuff out there But I do want to, this isn't my favorite, but I'm going to do one that was very critical for me, which was Pink Floyd, Delicate Sound of Thunder. I did not see this coming. (laughs) (laughs) Curveball! Curveball. Classic. Cape th- curveball.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think that's a fun part of these is like you can't help but uh, reflect your personality. Yeah. Music that you like.
1: So, <laughs> so what? Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pink Floyd came to me. Uh, this is like, sounds like <laughs> religion. At a very pinnacle point in my evolution. I was like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, like you do, you listen to just whatever bubblegum. Kind of pop stuff that you're exposed to. I, I did have a lot of older brothers and sisters, way older than me, and mm-hmm. cousins, and they had very different tastes in music. So my cousins' uh, family h- helped influence my musical tastes way more than my my actual brothers and sisters. So one year, a very pinnacle birthday, I think it was like thirteen years old, I got two cassette tapes for my birthday. One was Ugh. Kylie Minogue, and at that point, she was oh. known- yeah. I mostly wanted it because I thought she was attractive and I was 13 and I was raging Hormone and she did A a remake of The Locomotion (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I was At musically but then I Got Pink Floyd Delicate Sound of Thunder and Genuinely Drastically changed the direction of Things I enjoyed then I got into David Bowie Then I got into all this other stuff That I was like how old were you I was like 13 I think 12, 13. Wow, that's so funny because my uncle
0: also did a similar thing when I was, I think, 12 or 13. Yeah. He gave me two CDs. He he gave me uh, Sublime's Sublime. And he, <laughs> yeah. said, he said, this is the best album of the 90s. And he gave me <laughs> David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. And he oh, said, wow. this is the best album of the 70s. Listen to <laughs> both of these albums. And then I was like, I was set for life.
1: Oh, that's great. I love I love yeah. that people. It's a very common thing. Well, I ended up saying I got really into Pink Floyd around that time. And then I watched this uh, cassette of this big concert that they did. um, mm-hmm. Not with Roger Waters, because he was not there at the time. But it okay. was phenomenal. I mean, it, there's a song called Great Gig in the Sky. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And it's uh, just these the backup singers just go for it vocally. <laughs> And it is, it was astounding to me. And just, uh, you know, I, these songs that I loved, I saw them performed. It was kind of the first time. And I had not gone to a lot of shows at that time, I think maybe one. So it was kind you of know cool where it.
0: my knowledge of Great Gig in the Sky comes from School of Rock. Does it?
1: Oh, I, they do <laughs> reference it. Yeah. <laughs> where he says Great Gig in the Sky, the vocals on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's funny. But yeah, love, I, I, I loved it at the time. I mean, it's, It's not the thing I would look for now, not because I still, I still like Pink Floyd. I still think their songs are great. Um, but yeah, it's not the, it's not as visual as you'd imagine. Oh, wait, there is another point. (laughs) So uh, a giant pig comes out over the audience, a giant pig, which is a reference to their, uh, the, the wall. And, um, you see a slow-mo. It was a great shot of someone in the audience who must be high out of their mind
0: oh, and their, yes. their
1: hands are on either side of their face home alone style. Oh yes. And I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but I'm going to say it. You can do whatever you need to do. Uh, you can okay. read, you can read his lips perfectly. He says, Oh no, it's the fucking pig. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just love that you, the, the guy with the cameras, like you're going to be able to read his lips. Per, you'll know exactly what. And they said. kept that in. Yeah. yeah, that was so good. That is. Awesome. I just haven't thought about that in years. That's awesome. That's great. Well, I, I don't think,
0: I think that I don't think that you can talk about concert documentaries without talking about Stop Making Sense.
1: Great point. No, you can't. I think, it's a I think that.
0: I think that it, it is the pinnacle. I, you know, I, I just think, like, when you are talking about uh, a concert documentary, um, it does not get better. Uh, you know, it, directed by Jonathan Demme, who did Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia. Yeah. It is like its, it's direction is incredible. Yeah, it's and it's really it's the build. It is how they start off with Psycho Killer It just, just, you know, David Byrne in the jukebox, they go into heaven, they bring the rest of the, of the band in. And then for each song, they add elements and it kind of like, it builds into this giant party and just that whole, the build, the big suit, the dancing with the lamp, the whole thing. It just like does not get better than Stop Making Sense.
1: No, that's good. I was, I had not seen that movie until, I want to say four Five years ago at the f- film festival? I, I first there. saw it
0: at the film festival, too. Oh, really? Okay. On the first year that you screened it.
1: Oh, okay. Now And that it, is – it is literally my favorite thing. Were you there the first year? No. I, I didn't I, – I never got to it. I always heard about what happened. I saw some photos. And then finally I was like, I got to get make it there while we have it. So I watched – I snuck into the balcony and watched from above because uh, that kind of crowd – not my bag. That's too <laughs> – a lot of people stand – I mean, everyone stands up. Minimum they stand up. They're dancing oh. the whole time. They're dancing through the aisles.
0: Well, I think – It was cool to watch. The, I think the most fun thing about Stop Making Sense is how it has built. I I think that that uh, is the yeah. biggest because the first year that you screened it – It was, I remember sitting in the audience and I never stood up the entire time and a lot of, and most people didn't, but I remember there being like, everybody clapped after the songs, which I thought was silly and fun. And it was like, this band can't hear us clapping. It's funny that we're all clapping. And there was like a couple people in the back. It was literally like five people that were kind of like standing up and jostling around. And that was it. The most of the crowd was seated the entire time. And now stop making sense of the film festival yeah you, i i literally i do not sit down i yeah. just i i'm just i'm there and you're standing in the aisles on the very first song and you just yeah. dance the entire time it's a madness it's, like, it's a it's a, a concert yeah it's like yeah a concert. it is a concert
1: it's phenomenal yeah that's a really cool it's a testament to that film and that band that we can show it every year and people show up and it's yeah, it is so, yeah.
0: the most fun it is yeah. so like organic fun Yeah, it is the best. Um, I want to
1: talk about my favorite one now. Yeah, I might have an inkling. Yeah, I think you do. I think I've mentioned it before too, but I rewatched it last night, which was amazing. Uh, It's Tom Waits' Big Time. Yes, yes, Uh, yes, 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 yes. So this is kind of a little anthem here. It's so good. It's so I saw it years and years and years ago on video cassette again and i've yeah. talked about it ever since and yet never rewatched it because it's very hard to find i had it on video for a long time but i had then i like don't have a vcr obviously so i found it on some like weird epics subscription that you can get through amazon <laughs> yes i was like, I was like oh okay. it is hard to find yeah epics on amazon you can get free trial i got a free trial canceled it right after i watched the movie (laughs) um it's so so tom waits is phenomenal on his own as just as a musician but just listening to him speak is i would i would even if i got to go to see him and he never sung i would still go so yes uh, the concert video is him on stage but there's also these little sections it's really well filmed and, and put together he has all these he has a couple different characters sort of that he assumes he's he's the the uh what do you call it the uh the person who leads you into the cinema well who I can't oh yeah that word right yeah now. the barker or whatever yeah and he's got a real thin pencil thin mustache uh mm-hmm. he this is where he uses his uh he uses the bullhorn and he's got the mechanics light that he holds on himself it's real, real eccentric, but they're the best parts other than the songs, which are obviously amazing because you get these close up on his distorted face as he sings. And yeah, um, but the the second best close second is. All these sections where he just talks and tells stories. It's like Ugh, it's like a best. third a third of it is like stand-up comedy. He tells these hilarious what stories in this style that he has that is so amazing and lead perfectly into his songs, which are also stories that are also funny and strange and heartbreaking.
0: Yes. And um and he is there are artists that just thrive on an audience. Yeah. And that is why my my favorite Tom Waits album is Nighthawks at the Diner, because he figured out in that album he was like, I do well with a crowd. Yeah. Because a lot of his stuff is humor based. And even though a lot of it is like tragic and romantic and sad, there's still like a real beat of comedy, and comedy kind of needs an audience. And so for Nighthawks, he like set up a little audience in the recording studio that he was able to like when he's like telling the stories and he's and the and the stories have a beat where there is a joke, you hear the audience laugh and you're like, Oh, that is a joke, you <laughs> yeah, know? And yeah. you and you laugh with them. And then in the songs too, he just like, he just he thrives on a small audience, and that is why Big Time is so great.
1: You know, yeah. There's a there's a story I couldn't wait to get to. I remembered it uh, from years ago, and he's at the piano. And he goes, "You know the the question I get asked most of all, and he goes, is uh, can you get pregnant without intercourse?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I won't even tell the story It's just, that's his intro is that's the question he gets asked most of all. And he, he sets it up even better, but, oh man, he's just charming and funny. And then he sings and he's so dynamic. So I was excited. I will say the story I was alluding to earlier is I was watching about 45 minutes of it. And my, my fiance was like, do you have to watch the whole thing? <laughs> 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 I started laughing I go I don't you didn't say a word but I can feel you wanting this to be over Tom Waits not for everybody not for everybody but you know for good people Nicole. <laughs> and I said she goes I mean you kind of get the idea right and I said yes but I want to wait at least till I hear this story that I'm looking forward to but yeah that, that one great. for me is just it's perfect it's so good and it's a testament to that, like uh, it's made in the mid '80s, but I'm like, this music comes from the '80s. I would never right. assume that. Be- it seems very timeless and and bizarre and out of time.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. One of my other favorites that I wanted to talk to is in a similar vein. Yeah. And it is be and it's because of. The stuff that happens in between the songs. Oh, there's yeah. like in Stop Making Sense. There is no in between. There's like really no kind of like addressing the audience. Yeah, but uh, you know, Tom Waits does a great job at that. And then one of my favorites is Live in London and by Leonard on, Cohen. Oh, this is similar, yeah. And it is not, it's not as like, it's not great like the other ones because the other ones are so visual. Like, visually, it's, right. it's pretty, it's pretty bland, but I do, I love it as a concert. And so it was, it was recorded in 2009, um, kind of tragically, because Leonard Cohen's uh, manager for a long time, Kelly Lynch, um, stole all of his money. And oh no. It just stole all of it. Like all of the money that he had in in uh, in retirement, she sold all of the she sold like the rights to his music and uh, it was just like devastating for him and he uh, was left with like uh, literally like almost nothing.
1: Oh, that's terrible
0: it was terrible and uh but like you know for us he had to like make some money and so he did this he did uh this live concert and he uh and he filmed it and uh it's it's great because of what he says in the middle of the songs there's one of my very favorite parts is um they do he does this song that has um I want to say it's it's Ain't No Cure for Love. And um, he, at the end of it, he says, well, ladies and gentlemen, would you like to know the secrets of the universe? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, good, because I think that you're the right audience for
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, and he kind of like really plays it out. And he's like, well, I was singing this song. I discovered the secrets and do you want to know what they are and the background singers are doing this like uh i think it's it's like la la da la di da and uh after like you know two minutes of teasing out he says well the secrets of the universe are La, la, diddy, da, diddy, da, <laughs> da, diddy. <laughs> and it's what the background singers are doing. It's like, it's so funny and it's so deadpan. And it's like, it's just like in the wonderful, beautiful, poetic way that Leonard Cohen is Leonard Cohen. It just like, when he hits a joke too, he really hits a
1: joke. And I think it's so That funny. sounds really good. Is it weird for me to think that him and Anthony Bourdain kind of look alike? Though, dude, they do. Oh, yeah. like they could be related, you know?
0: They kind of look alike, and and they just like have a kind of like similar romantic beat.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a vibe.
0: Yeah. Uh, Should I do one more?
1: Have? No, I have one oh, more. But okay, yeah. You, okay, you want me to do mine? This is the one that we're gonna have a problem with. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. All right. So this film is not strictly speaking a concert film. Though what Mm I am arguing is that the best part of this film is the concert film portion. Okay, interesting. All right, and and that film is Purple Rain. (laughs) Now, hear hear me out. Hear me out. It is obviously (laughs) not strictly a concert film. There's a whole fictional. uh, (laughs) There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. in this film, with a, there's a fictional, it's a fiction film technically. But I mm-hmm. argue that the best part of this film is the very real concert footage. You know, they have, they're genuinely At first playing. Ave. What's that? Mm-hmm. At in First the, Ave in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're genuinely playing, they're genuinely singing and performing. And it is unbelievable. The, the performances by not only Prince of the Revolution, but by Morris Day and the Time are unbelievable. They're so good and had a similar experience to your first one with uh, Stop Making Sense. When I, we showed that we should at the festival a few years ago, which was one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And again, after every musical performance, the audience would clap like they were in the room. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I just thought it was really fun. Everyone was just like, yes, we all love it. Let's express that. So uh I'm gonna I'm gonna choose Purple Rain, regardless pretty, of our rules.
0: That's that's pretty funny. I'll I'll let that go. Um, <laughs> just like you have to have some rules on stuff, you know, but you know, also rules are meant to be broken. I,
1: exactly. So I I, I think start, that's a funny It was a starting point. Yeah. But yeah, honestly. Those 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 uh those uh, songs and those performances in that movie i could watch them i mean you could edit the movie into just that and i would watch it but i do enjoy the watching prince act as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is fun for its own for its own reasons
0: yeah the only the last one i wanted to drop is uh homecoming by beyonce Oh uh, seen
1: that s- here's the thing i was i'm 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 behind I'm behind everybody. <laughs> right. But I really wanted to. I was like, I can't say lemonade because it's a series of music videos. Homecoming
0: is one of those things that just like captures an artist at the fullest extent of what they are capable of. Beyonce, one of the biggest artists in the world, really, really goes for artistic vision, really goes like really goes big, you know, and she's one of the few artists that can like can go that big and then went that big. And it is special. I remember like after it happened, even before the like documentary, it was just like, there is so there is there is never talk in you know i'm in the music world so i'm i'm in like every conversation and there rarely i don't know if ever is a conversation about a show and uh, like somebody did a somebody played a show like great like most shows are good or bad but there's never like a conversation about a show that a couple people were at that Everybody is talking about. And after that Coachella show, everybody was talking about that show. Oh, and then yeah. uh, in a way that just never, ever happens. And then uh, they had filmed it and released it. And so that was very cool.
1: I've, I've got to see that. That's going to be high on my list.
0: It's 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 what the you know, what we're talking about with concert films, the best of them, like capture something seemingly uncapturable. And uh, and that is that's one of them.
1: All right, before we, before we stop, I want to ask both of us, what's the best, and this is going to be very hard for you and very easy for me, uh, <laughs> what, that's not a compliment towards me either. What is the best concert you've ever been to? That's a great
0: question, and it's one that I'm prepared for because people oh, will good, ask me good, from time good. to time. Good. Um. You know what i I really what it what it really is is I saw I saw Craig Finn, who's the lead singer of The Hold Steady, he was doing a solo show at the Cactus Club, and I love Cactus Club; it's my yeah. favorite venue. And uh, I didn't know who the opener was, and I go to a lot of shows at Cactus, and so. I was like, eh, hey, I'll like skip the opener and show up in the middle, you know, and then I'll see Greg Finn. And uh I showed up in the middle of the opener and um it was in the beginning to middle. And he was one guy on a stage with a guitar, and he was he was he was playing this song pretty quiet, and uh, there was like an echo in the room. And I was like, I was like, what is I was like, what's going on with this? Like, I thought he was playing like a harmonizing pedal. And as he's like singing this song, I realized that it was not an echo, but it was like the entire crowd softly singing every word (laughs) to every song. It was nuts. I had never, but I look, I had goosebumps the entire time. And I was like, how is this possible? This guy that's opening for Craig Finn. All of these people know every word to every song. And sure enough, he played like song after song and they were thoughtful and they were smart and they were funny. And the whole crowd knew every single one. And I was it was just like everything that I love about a show, which is like small and intimate and beautiful and surprising. And it was the singer was John K. Sampson. And uh, I interviewed Craig Finn the next day. He actually came to the radio station the day after the show, which is pretty rare. And I was, I was like, "Who's that guy that opened for you?" And he was like, "It was John K. Sampson. He, uh, he used to be in this band, The Weaker Than's." And uh, I had never heard of him or The Weaker Than's, surprisingly. And uh, uh, I, since then, I have seen, I will see John K. Sampson wherever he plays. I own all of his records. I uh, own all the Weaker Than records, oh. and I just like fell in love. <clears> so. I've
1: never like, no, I've it. never heard of him. I have to check him out. I had so this good. unbelievable urge to ruin your story the entire time by screaming, "Was it Smashmouth?" <laughs> I'm glad you waited. <laughs> was it Joseph Smashmouth, <laughs> which I assume is the name of the lead singer of Smashmouth? <laughs> still funny that you waited. I think probably possibly funnier. See, see, listen, sometimes when I go back and I lose my opportunity, sometimes it still works. You never That's, know. At least you yeah. try.
0: <laughs> That's right. I want to hear what your favorite show is, though.
1: Here's the thing: I have far fewer to choose from. I want you yeah. to know that because I just I don't know what it is. I think it's crowds, and I think to see a musical act in person, uh, I feel like I have a lot of like I want it to be visual, and I don't know. I don't know. I also I, ha- I think hate that
0: you're. Myself. I think that you know. I'm the anomaly where I go to a million shows and I go to shows that. I go to a lot of shows that suck, you know, oh. or I go to a lot of shows <laughs> that I like sit through and I don't love most of the shows, but I just like go to a lot of shows. Yeah. But
1: uh,
0: yeah, I agree. Well, and,
1: and yeah. 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 I will say uh, there's two that stand out. No, oh, so see, it's really hard, even though I have fewer, I, it's hard for me to choose. Uh, um, Mariel, all Schwang and, Visita- oh. and the visitation um, oh, or, man. or hello death or group of the altos. Like I, Mariel, to me, is a phenomenon, but all of those bands that she's in, collections of colonies bees, um, oh, yeah. they're all phenomenal. And yes. she is the, she's the through line for me. But I didn't know that until, like I was a huge fan of group of the altos when um, when they were going strong. And ever since then, I've and then now I work with Muriel and it's yeah, yeah. shocking to me that I work with her because she's a rock star in my mind. Um, But when I was younger <laughs> I was obsessed With Tori Amos Oh yeah And I got to see her at Mississippi Nights Which is a, which is not the Cactus Club of St. Louis because I don't think they have <laughs> I don't think they have a version But it is a small club Usually they play garbage Or at least they did in the 90s Uh, But they had Tori Amos in a very small club And I was super close to the stage And it was really cool to watch her and it was also an incredibly intimate show and the people were crying you could hear them and yelling out thank you tori like it was very dramatic wow Wow. that was incredibly cool to experience when i was like 19. that is so cool
0: uh she is and in, she's incredible she you know that she got like a uh i think it was like she got a scholarship to i think it was johns hopkins university to for piano uh when she was Five years old. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> the youngest know, person
0: to ever go there.
1: I did know that she was like a prodigy, a piano prodigy, of yeah. sorts. But yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, that was, and I'm actually just recently realizing I haven't listened to her in forever. So I'm trying to order her. She's got a new album, her. and it's yes, good. Right. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, we've been playing it. Also, want to mention because uh, I, I don't get to say cool things like this ever. So let me say, <laughs> I saw Arcade Fire open. For somebody at uh, Mad Planet, you you were at that show? Yeah. Are you kidding? Are you just feeding into my fantasy right now by saying that? No, that is a <laughs> that is a
0: legendary show that oh! I am very jealous that you were at. That's Look very cool, I Christopher. Did. Look what <laughs> they were I did! Very cool.
1: <laughs> I will say this: Dang. I saw them. This is unbelievable that I'm saying this because I don't. I saw them twice at Mad Planet. Once oh my.
0: God, I dude. believe
1: they were opening up for the Unicorns. Oh! I think that was what it was. But then the, <laughs> the second time I saw them, they were headlining, but they were still at Mad Planet. Oh and, my God. And that was honestly both of those shows. And I saw them once in Chicago after that when um,
0: I think. I saw them at Chicago play at the freaking United Center. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Much I saw different them.
0: than Mad Planet.
1: I think St. Vincent opened for them. When wow. I saw them, or may, I might be mixing shows up. Anyway, um, the, I love what they do on stage. Because again, I like this visual element or this weird thing. Like, One of the singers is lighting matches and throw, trying to push them in the other singer's face and then putting them out in their mouth. And then the two of the musicians are playing drums on each other's head. They put helmets on and they're drumming on each other's heads. Wow. Uh, it's just these odd, wonderful things they do on stage really adds to it. But I, I genuinely love their music, so. Wow, I am genuinely jealous. Oh, I never thought that was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, opening for the unicorns. Oh, and well, don't. Here, this, I wish I was there. This might annoy you is that I had no idea who the unicorns are. Still don't know who the unicorns are, and I did not. Oh, left. I left. You would after... love them. They are such a funny band. <laughs> oh, really? They're like.
0: Yeah, if you think of, like, K-Poly humor, the unicorns (laughs) are, like, the soundtrack to your (laughs) mind.
1: I left after Arcade Fire, but uh, it was still, yeah, it turned out great. Oh, my God. Oh, that was a fun and exciting uh, experience.
0: That was. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Concert films, concerts, stuff, CineBuds. Edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Woo, woo,
1: woo! Our
0: theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett
1: Newski. Oh, hello, Brett Newski.
0: He puts on a great show. He does, uh, sure. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Oh, fancy. And um, thank you to Associated Bank. Yay! And thank you to, uh, for members of 88.9, uh, Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. You're the best. And if there's one band that I would want to see play live.
1: Smash mouth. It is, what was it, Night Train? <laughs> what? What was, Night your, what was your oh, band? Oh, you mean Midnight Hour? <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> pardon, pardon me. <laughs> Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour. Uh, that we is, a, were, that oh, is a great band name. We were all the rage in Ryan McMillan's basement in the mid 90s. That's
0: the documentary I want to see.
1: <laughs> oh boy. I think there is footage. I hope it's destroyed. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm uh, uh, messaging your mom on
1: Facebook <laughs> as we speak. The documentary would actually be me in search of the footage so I can destroy it. <laughs>